Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. doing it potting by the fire making our pot dreams come true we must look how pretty what does it mean to be out on earth join two friends as we brought in our small town perspectives and explore the enchanting hilarious and unusual interconnections between society ecology and queerness Period. Sorry, we're trying to, you know, yeah, no be able to for do memory, it for yeah. memory. So. And I have to force myself under pressure. Yeah, we're working hard for y'all to deliver the best you can. So. so, as you can see, we're in our normal podcasting studio. In our natural habitat, yeah, if you will. Yeah, we're in my house, obviously. All of our houses, to be true. <laughs> All of our house. That's so true. No, we are on a creative retreat Mm-hmm. Um, out in the woods. We've got woods behind us. We've got a fire in front of us. It might rain. It, okay, yeah, the rain. If you are watching this on video, you may be able to see it encroaching upon us in the background. Um, so we will be um, trying to to actively avoid getting rained out because all of our pot equipment is sitting out here with us right now. Yes. And, um, I don't think out on earth would exist if our no. pot equipment got wet. So <laughs> No, I don't have to take it alone. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so if that happens, we will scramble everything up, run inside and yeah. keep recording somewhere in there. Yeah. But as for now, we're just going to take advantage of these these mm-hmm. vibes right now. We worked hard on this vibes. fire. We did. We worked real hard. <laughs> it took three people and about 10 minutes of work, it maybe did. even 15. Um, it took lighters. It took torch fuel. It took vodka. It took it vodka. Took, yeah. yeah. It took a piece of our dignity, truly. It did. It, it was did. like how <laughs> we our ancestors did that. Yeah. No, we pulled through, though. Yeah, we did. Nevertheless, we will persist. Exactly. Um, 
This is our finale of our spooky season, our yeah, three-part yeah, yeah, spooky yeah, yeah, season yeah. plus the bonus episode. So thank you guys for hanging on this long. Um, I guess when this episode comes out, it will be like just a few days until Halloween. Yeah. So happy Halloween, everybody. And about a week out from your birthday. Yes. Yes, cricket. <laughs> Period. Um, and I think this is a really good finale for the for the past three episodes that we've I'd had. Have to agree. They're very yeah. much like leading up to each yeah. other. Um, we're always building off the concepts we talk about. But for sure. Yeah. This one's really. I'm really Exciting. proud of this one. Me too. I really am. Um, and we did it analog. We wrote it all down on notebooks. Yes. So we can come to y'all analog from the woods. No laptops today. No. I mean, Except for the one recording Ignore the one voices. we're recording with. Yeah, <laughs> that one doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. Do you um, want to start? Do you want me to start? Well, I think we should give a little... You can give your thesis. Yeah. So essentially, I'm going to jump into a uh, spooky fungus to start. Um, it's known as the octopus stinkhorn, also known as dead fingers or devil fingers, I believe, actually. Um, and we'll explore some of its morphology, some of the cool things about it, what makes it so spooky. And then from there, we're going to jump into the mysteries of the mycelium network, mm. um, explore kind of what it does for what we see around us, the ecosystems around us, and what sort of lessons we can learn from the mycelium network and hidden communities. Wow. So some shrooms oh some, some shrooms shroom yes some okay. shrooms amazing <laughs> <laughs> what about you cricket what's your thesis um, i'm going to talk about death dying and decomposition yes um i don't want to give too much away but i'm basically just going to go over like what is death why do we fear death um death's relationship to halloween mm. and um ways that we can combat that fear and um ways that we can encourage identity in death mm. so yeah i'm excited yeah cricket's given me a teaser of what they're going to present and honestly it's very beautiful <laughs> and i'm very excited yeah. um, very very excited but gonna keep it spooky also yeah for sure so, keep it casual keep it spooky yeah like we do all right are you ready i'm ready can i start please i would love to start i want you to start please. okay bet Okay, so let me navigate. Let me navigate. Like I said, we're analog today. So if you, if you hear me hesitating, it's because I'm trying to find my notes. I think that the sound of the page turning is really nice. Yeah. Mm. So, okay, sorry. I had to do some ASMR, but now we're back on track. <laughs> so the eye contact was crazy. <laughs> okay, continue. <laughs> so sort of our guiding principle for this episode was dark ecology and we want to kind of start off by acknowledging that dark ecology is like its very own specific field. Um, but since we do kind of just get to have some sort of creative freedom with this, we kind of just took dark ecology and took it down to its bare bones as like spooky ecology or yeah. like ecology that is like kind of gross compared to, you know, the regular science discourse we hear. Yeah, so. I think other topics of dark ecology very much go into like the like existential yes. ecology yes. like thinking about death as in all of us dying mm -hmm. as a result of like i don't know our our bad acts so yeah <laughs> that, I, that's not really what we're gonna get into today but yeah. if you do get into dark ecology just know that that's probably what you're gonna expect if you just look it up it's pretty it's pretty dense and it is it is not the most encouraging yeah. thing it, it's not discouraging um, but it definitely is, um, I would say, humbling yeah. for sure. Um, it, it forces you to reckon with yourself in an ecosystem as inextricable, inextricable from it in some very hard ways. Right. 
Um, but yeah, so jumping in, uh, I'm going to open with a fungus called the octopus stinkhorn. Um, have you ever heard of this octopus stinkhorn? I haven't. Okay. So it and is it's a mushroom, not an octopus. It is a mushroom. Okay. It is a mushroom. It's a fungus. So um, it is part of the stinkiest group of fungus called stinkhorns. Um, and so the smell is actually a part of their reproduction. They secrete a substance called galiba. I thought that was really fun. Um, and it's essentially like a smelly spore jello. Gleba. That they just, yeah, gleba. Um, yeah, and so they push um, this like spore jello out and it attracts flies. And so actually, flies can eat up to a million of these spores in just like one sitting, in like oh my one God. day. Yeah. And so. Well, how the, long do a, does a fly live? I think like, okay, I don't want to spread like fake news, two? but like a day or two, I believe. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so and the so whole time, their whole life, they're just feasting on. They're this feasting thing. and shitting, and that's their life. Love. Yeah, and vomiting, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah. probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a cool thing about the gleba is it actually has laxative properties, so it causes the flies to need. shit themselves. I need. And yes, I know. And so, whenever the flies poop, they release the spores as they poop, and so the excrement the spores go into the ground and over time they flower into these like egg looking like sphere structures and this is how they get the name avamorph um because okay. they're like before their flowering body um their body is like an egg shape so okay. i thought that was pretty cool yeah that is pretty cool um and i also will say um these eggs are edible too <laughs> like these spore eggs some of people say they taste like radish what? Yeah, which radish is like disgusting. Um, what? I interned on a farm for Highly a summer. Disagree. I hate them. I interned on a farm one summer, and uh, one of the guys I was interning with, the farmhand, he was like, he pulled one out of the ground, and he was like, "Hey, you should just like take a bite of this." And I had never had a radish before, and this man made me bite into a raw radish, and I was like, "You are from hell." Raw radish. You are good. hell spawn. Have you ever tried it on like a uh, taco truck taco? No, like I haven't. Street taco. I actually haven't. That's. No. That's the best way. Okay, to have so a I'm missing out is what yeah. I'm hearing. Okay. Yeah, you are. Okay. All right. Well, well, the more you know. So also after these little eggs, they sit for about a few months, um, and they just gather water over this few months, and then all of the sudden, they'll just start to pump this water that they've gathered into their inner their internal structures, mm -hmm. and it causes their internal structures to like rupture out of the egg so essentially like hatch from the egg yeah it's so gross oh sorry there was a gnat that just flew in my mouth y'all are really getting the like woods ASMR <laughs> um okay yeah that rain is coming for us but we're, we're talking through it, did um, you feel some no I can just feel the electricity in the air yeah like I can feel it coming for us but anyways um and so once this little once the flowering body hatches um it starts to secrete gleba and okay. that's kind of how you get that little life cycle. The flies then come back, they chow down, they go off, they poop, the poop turns into eggs, the eggs push water out, and voila. Oh my God. So, yeah, that's kind of the life cycle of it. Um, no fungicides can prevent its growth. And okay, that goes yeah, for that's all really stink scary. corns. Yes. Um, I thought that was kind of cool, though. Yeah. Um, they are considered. And You're like, you cannot control us. No, at all. They're yeah. ungovernable. Mm -hmm. I want to become like them. <laughs> <laughs> um, they are consumed as an aphrodisiac in uh. East Asia, and they are also view are also used in religious ceremonies in Mexico and New Guinea. Oh. I know. Okay. I thought it was really cool. And I don't know. I just, 
Stinkhorns are all so, so different. Like, there's very phallic-looking stinkhorns, and then there's stinkhorns that are, like, so, like, creepy, like, demigorgon. Like, the one yeah. I'm talking about literally looks like a demigorgon. Oh, my gosh. Okay, we'll definitely like post some red. pictures oh, of yes. it on our Instagram. It looks like an octopus is, like, coming out of this egg. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the octopus stinkhorn, like I said earlier, is also known as the devil's fingers. Um, and this is kind of going to be my, like soft slash hard transition into talking about the mycelium network um because i liked the note about being it being used in religious ceremonies Uh and i feel like that kind of leads me into like spiritual aspects um that i want to discuss with mycelium network Mm -hmm. after i kind of talk about the uh the little scientific parts of it yeah so yeah I want to talk essentially about how we can uh, use fungus as a model for collectivist and reciprocal community, as well as the importance of hidden communities to our overall societal well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 1885, German botanist Albert Bernard Frank hypothesized that plant roots and the fungi around them were working together in constant <laughs> unity. Okay. So, I mean... And people did not... Like, no, he was like laughed out of rooms for oh, it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, he, it was very much not a popular thing, and this was over a century ago. So, yeah. this was a very, very long time ago. Um, he was, like I said, he was initially laughed at, but in recent years, the discovery of the mycorrhizal associations has proven many of his hypotheses correct. Mm. So, over 90% of terrestrial plants are connected to these mycorrhizal networks. 90%. 90%. That's crazy. Oh my God. That means like it, the odds of your daily vegetable consumption, like once interacting with mycorrhizal networks is extremely high. Yeah, 90%. 90%. <laughs> so I thought that was like really cool because I think that they're just from the get, um, we're seeing kind of how they are integral to even just the things we eat on a yeah. day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, integral to the trees and stuff that provide us shade, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and so there and are... Is this just- the networks in general or is it this also is generally the mushroom, the this is one? generally networks so yeah okay. we're mycorrhiza are um like bacteria and fungi that kind of work together mm-hmm. um whereas the octopus stinkhorn is kind of its own entity outside oh. of the mycorrhizal i mean Ooh, i'm sure okay. it connects somehow but i didn't dive into that so yeah. you can't don't clock me on that okay, one please okay. <laughs> um so there are two different mycorrhizae one is car- called arbuscular and these are in latin literally mean little trees so mm. it's super cool. Um, basically what they do is they wedge themselves within the roots, like between the roots, and then oh they'll God. send out little tendrils that will like penetrate. And I, penetrate doesn't sound great because I don't want it to sound like it is harming the yeah. plant anyways, because it's not. Um, but essentially it penetrates and puts its little roots inside of the host structure. Mm-hmm. There's another one called ectomycorrhiza. Um, This one basically surrounds and goes sort of around and kind of goes in between the little roots and stuff. Okay. Um, And there they share information using bacteria. What kind of information? Um, So this would be, I'll get to that. Okay. okay. I was about to say, I got it all. I'm coming (laughs) at you. Um, So the ectomycorrhiza are a bit less common than arbuscular. Um, but they are found in some of the most economically valuable plants, uh, tree species specifically, that we use for timber. Okay. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, these fungus pick up water 
in nutrients like phosphorus and nitrogen, which are vital to plant growth. Mm -hmm. The mycorrhizal network essentially gives water, nitrogen, and phosphorus to the trees, which are the prime nutrients it needs to grow. And in return, the tree donates between 4 to 20% of its um, photosynthates, or the sugars that it makes from photosynthesis. So it gives oh those God. back to the mycorrhizal network, allowing it to grow as well. Yeah. So it's definitely a model of this really reciprocal relationship, which I yeah, find very, very interesting. Together. They really are a collab. <laughs> they're collabing. Yeah. So uh, these networks allow networks of communication between trees, granting them the ability to share resources, warn of predators, disease, and human activity even. Um, it's really cool. Even in a matter of 24 hours, these species are able to communicate with each other, oh um, warning them about these kinds of things. Um, species like the birch and the fir can share resources to counter light and nutrient deficits in the other. And they can use fungal networks to identify trees of kin around them, which I thought was so cool. Yeah. So, so, so cool. Um, so trees help one another in tandem with mycorrhizae to prevent gaps in tree cover. That could result in the degradation of the forest floor microclimates, uh, make trees more vulnerable to extreme sun, wind, etc. So less tree cover means there's more wind room for wind to blow through, knock over trees, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, the less tree cover you have, the more sunlight you have hitting the floor of the forest, which is going to evaporate all of that water that's like nestled down in that forest floor and heat up the microclimate that is the forest floor. Oh my gosh! Okay. Yeah. So as you can tell, like they're pretty interconnected. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to find the disconnect between the two. Um, and so I guess that is kind of like a nice segue into what I wanted to talk about in regards to sort of mycorrhizal networks and trees being an example of reciprocal community mm -hmm. where both are getting exactly what they need, but are making sure that whatever excess they get is being given to the other to ensure that they survive as well. Mm -hmm. And I think we talk a lot about sort of survival of the fittest. Mm -hmm. And I think that the mycorrhizal network and the trees kind of call that into question. Um, they don't participate in survival of the fittest. Right, so in a situation where there's like trees and these networks, yeah. people might have in the past maybe thought that um, they were fighting against each other for space, competing for space, Exactly, right? and they're Whereas not. Whereas now we're like, oh my gosh, these these networks and these trees, mm -hmm. these networks of trees also, mm -hmm. it's just networks and networks. They're literally yeah. LinkedIn. No, <laughs> no, LinkedIn for trees. They're all networking. Um, um, yeah. Twigged in? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> twigged I, in? I'm trying to sticked in. I don't know. Sticked in is pretty sticked good. Sticked in? Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to There's brainstorm. There's probably one out there. Let us know in the comments what um, yeah. the tree and mushroom LinkedIn would be called. But if you're looking for an example of how they can kind of help another organism where it's struggling. Yeah. So if one tree is taller than another tree, it's obviously gonna get more light, more rain's gonna hit its leaves, fall down to its trunk, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and it's been shown that trees will actually, the tree that gets more nutrients will share those nutrients through the mycorrhizal network to the tree that doesn't get as much light yeah. and doesn't get as much water. And so I just so thought that's just, so cool. It's, almost, it's kind of spooky. It too, is definitely because spooky. Because I think when we think of the outside, we think of like, whoa. Oh, wow, it's pretty. Um, Fire going crazy. We think of, like, we are, kind of, that you're kind of alone outside and that there's no conversations happening. Like, we think of going out to nature and we're getting peace and quiet or whatever. But, like, 
they're loud as fuck. Like they're really talking to each they be other. Chatting. They be yeah. chatting. They're probably talking about us. Honestly, good. They're Keep my name in your like, mouth. These guys stink. <laughs> like, what are they doing in my can in confirm my that in my current state I do probably stink. Me too. I'm um, very. I, we've I'm, been hauling firewood. Yeah. Cooking, starting fires. Yeah. Setting up pods. We're gonna need to get in the hot tub. Like it, I will knit by the side of the hot tub <laughs> with my little feet in. Okay, um, yeah. But I, I can't partake or else I fear I may pass out. That's fine, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to talk about hidden communities because I feel like that root system, that mycorrhizal network, are something that's very hidden from us. Mm-hmm. And so we don't appreciate it as much as we could if it yeah. were so visible to us. Um, and I think that there, that's analogous to a lot of the communities that we see in day-to-day human life. Yeah. Um, one of the first ones that kind of pops to my head is the Vogue and drag community. Um, yeah. They're obviously getting a lot of traction nowadays. Yeah. Like it, we're starting to see them all over networks, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but before then, and even now, uh, drag and Vogue influenced a lot. Um, ballroom scene influenced a lot of our vernacular influenced a lot of the culture within drag that Mm -hmm. we see nowadays yeah um that's sort of shaping the freedoms that we feel when it comes to gender expression and identity Mm -hmm. and so i think that's oh wow pretty lightning um this is so fun i asked around because while we're at this retreat we've got a few friends with us we got like lovely brains yeah truly lovely brains big juicy brains truly thickums brains yeah um they are surrounding us you're, hiding, you're starting to hear some big drops. Oh, I just felt a drop. Let's go. Okay, let's go. <laughs> We're not risking it. We're shutting it down, y'all. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. That is a good one. That's a good one. Okay. Hi, guys. It started to rain, so we moved in. We did. Um, Very feverishly. But the vibes are still here. Honestly, the vibes are keeping going. Yeah, i kind of more comfortable here. Did Less gnats. We're letting Mother Nature speak. She has a lot to say. We Let her, her speak. We should give her a segment on the pod. Her, the entire pod is her segment. <laughs> it's about her. Yeah, right? it literally is about her. I was like, damn. <laughs> um, but I think where we, I think we were left off whenever Miss Rain started to to fall. Yeah. We talk about hidden communities. I think specifically, yes, yes, uh, the ballroom community and the drag community, um, and sort of how those have influenced how free we feel to express gender identity. Um, and other identities outside mm-hmm. of that. And so we want to transition to some other uh, beautiful little hidden communities that some brains here came up with. Yeah. Um, some beautiful, big, juicy brains. Cricket themselves, <laughs> um, I think Cricket has some things that they need to fess up to um, because they Stop. they said bronies <laughs> are a hidden community that we need to, to give it's gratitude true. for. And I need you to speak on this. Okay, well, I had my time in the brony fandom. You did, um, famously. When I was, I don't know, late middle school, which it's like I was a girl, so I'm like in in middle school who liked My Little Pony. I still think that's strange, but there, I remember there being like a weird division between like bronies, which were like just men who liked My Little Pony, and then everyone else. And so when I started calling myself a brony, I was like, ah. I am a brownie. Like it, there was that like community aspect of it, you know. But it yeah, truly I was is a, a label brun- that crosses all binary. It is. It is. <laughs> truly. But I was a brownie. Um, Bronies are inherently non-binary. I used to make brownie content on YouTube, 
Um, you don't have to. You don't have to go any further. I, I yeah, know. that's about all that I want to say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, they are done speaking on that. That is true. Watch but the I space say, for more info. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that um, just in general, though, it's a really great community, like a, a really creative community, and one of mostly people that are like pretty chronically online um and so it gave us like kind of a nice space to just be especially when I was in middle school I was online all the time because I didn't have any friends um so that was my that was my place where I hung out you know the bronies come through bronies our hidden community exactly nourishing and enriching those who feel like they don't have a place Mm -hmm. and also those who are non-binary that don't know it yet (laughs) (laughs) not the read call me out (laughs) um and then moving forward with some more communities um one of our friends mentioned the poetry community what are your thoughts on the hidden community that is poetry poetry slams literature sharing that kind of thing yeah i think a lot of the people here at this retreat are poets um and i do think that there is like a huge community around it um especially because poetry has um its place is kind of like within it has its own space you know for sure and poetry readings are a thing and like clubs where they have like poets that come like mm-hmm. it's a very in-person community and activity for sure um which i mean that used to be everything used to be in person you know very but much, like yeah. now i think it does stand as like um in contrast to other things that you could be doing. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. And I think there's something to be said about like the spread of free literature and thought and like the self-expression of poetry and like getting up there and like saying whatever you want. And Mm -hmm. it's poetry, like poetry can be anything. If I learned anything from these people, it's that. I mean, shit, we just let mother nature speak for a second. That was poetry. Oh, absolutely. She said, and I, okay. Haiku. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think, yeah. And uh, adding on to that, I think that there's a lot to be said about the space that poetry creates for exploring trauma and exploring identity. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that's something that in a, ever-expanding technological society that that's something that we probably all could benefit from a little right, bit. Right, yeah. Um, a couple others that I wanted to touch on um, were our farming communities. Mm-hmm. So the people that put the vegetables and stuff on our plates that we eat every day, the meats, um, the warehouse workers that are back there packaging everything, running the machines. Mother Nature has a lot to say. I know, um, I And what they do to nourish the population as a whole, society as a whole, Mm -hmm. um, and how most of them are underpaid and overworked. Mm -hmm. Um, So really acknowledging that there is a community there that, one, nourishes the entire society, and also there resides a community within that community Mm -hmm. um, because somebody's got to look out for somebody else um, because our governments are not, our our industries are not. Um, And so... In addition to that, I think lab techs are another one. I oh. think that that's, I know it's kind of like from left field, but yeah. if you think a lot of the uh, scientific discoveries we've had, even in the last 50 years, mm-hmm. like it's not just the scientists working alone in a lab, you know, it's not the person that gets the credit by themselves. Um, it's all of these people working in labs that are probably also getting underpaid. Like if yeah. I know anything about the lab techs that work at like OU, like I know that yeah. they're all getting underpaid. I mean, that's a huge community. Just people who mm-hmm. are underpaid, like yeah, union for workers. Sure. Like yeah. 
uh-huh. people that don't really have the time to organize, yeah. but so they have these critical discussions at work. Yeah. And that's definitely a hidden community. No scabs here. Everyone should strike all the time. I think strikes is strikes are beautiful. Strikes yeah. are absolutely stunning. Um, here comes the rain. Oh, period. That's perfect. Ah, this sounds so oh good. Oh my god. But oh, um, she gave us everything oh, we wanted. There's that breeze. The rain breeze is coming. Oh, oh it feels god. so good when that humidity level drops yes. because all of a sudden it's released. Ah, oh, wow. This is literally my dream. You Mother guys. Nature is gorgeous. I this is my dream. I just want to sit and talk just, about really cool stuff and share. Listen with the to world the rain. Listen to the rain. Uh, oh, that breeze Aww. was so good too. Because I was getting a little sweaty, but Me too. Um, just got interrupted by Mother Nature. <laughs> it's okay. Um, just let it. Honestly, I know that's why I paused. This I was like, let's appreciate it. Um, um, so yeah, I think that's kind of my blurb. Um, I just really wanted to touch on sort of the hidden communities that allow us to thrive, allow us mm-hmm. to flourish, and allow us to. I don't know, come out here and record podcasts and eat good food with our friends, yeah. you know? Like, Aww. this wouldn't be possible without so many hidden communities that I'm sure I haven't even addressed. Yeah. So, yeah. What do you what do you got for us today? I heard oh some stuff gosh. about decomposition, some body <laughs> farms, perhaps? Oh, wait, I have a question. What is your question? About, um, okay, so, like, I guess if everything's, like, talking to each other like that, yeah. um, is there a part of you that's just a little freaked out by that? Um, jealous. I don't want to speak to animals. I want to speak to plants. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah. And so I just wish that I could, like, I wish I could do some avatar shit where I just, like, put, like, a tail into the ground Mm -hmm. and it just, like, binds to the tree roots (laughs) and then I'm just, like, chatting with the tree. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that ultimately... I mean, I think that we have our ways. Yeah. You can build up your, the intuition that you have. For sure. When you are you know you can form relationships with these mm-hmm. plants like when i'm out gardening like now that i can you know recognize the plants that i'm seeing and the plants i'm caring for mm-hmm. like i know which ways to prune them so that they grow back better and i know yeah. like um which plants belong next to each other mm-hmm. so that they can help each other out yeah. and that's basically like i mean that's our job as humans in my opinion mm. um, if we're going to be stewards of nature for sure and uh, we may not be able to talk in the same way that they do, but mm-hmm. we talk. We do. And I don't know. I think I think in some moments I do feel as if I've... And this is some, like, real, like, real loopy shit. Okay. But sometimes I do feel like I've been able to, like, communicate with nature on a spiritual level. Yeah. And, to, like, for example, even when I'm, like, communicating with my cat. Yeah. Like, I am communicating with nature on yes. such a deep and intimate level. Mm-hmm. Like, his little, like, when he rubs his head up against my face, like, <laughs> I'm screeching. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, we're talking to nature. And, <laughs> and, I, and literally no sounds are coming out. Like, nothing. We're literally having yeah. a conversation yeah. on stage. And there's no No sounds. Yeah. And then when we visited that tree um, at my home, at my childhood home, mm-hmm. um, I touched it. And I just, like... I remember asking it, and this is again like some crazy shit, but like I remember asking it, like, do you remember me? Yeah. And I could have, like, I could feel it, and it was like, I could, I swear to God, it knew me. Like, I swear to God, it remembered me. Um, It was really cool. It was a really intimate moment. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't know. But now I'm ready to hear about identities and death. All right. Because you've been talking a little bit about it, you've been teasing me with some of this information, and I am both. Entranced and um, scared, honestly. Oh, sh- there's no reason to be scared. Um, I, I'm scared for a specific part of your blurb. 
Yeah. Well, <laughs> wait, okay, I had to... I spilled water all over my journal earlier, so I had to... Shit happens. Yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, God, there's a lot. Okay, okay Michael Hobbs, <laughs> yet again. Also, um, happy Equinox to everybody. Um, what is it called? Maba? Monba? Maven. 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 Yeah, M-A-B-O-N. That's the main reason why we're here is to celebrate the Equinox. Yeah, so we today, had some Equinox foods. What are those did. Equinox foods, Cricket? I made a carrot souffle. Yeah, they did. Shout out my line sibling, Carly, for giving me the carrot souffle recipe from your mother, Michelle. Carly, it um, slaps. It does slap. Give I, Michelle a hug. This is the best. Carly is a listener, so hey, Carly. Carly, <laughs> give Michelle a hug for us. That shit was so good. Um, yeah, it was really good. I I made it horrible last time, and this time it was it was really. It good. was so good. It Everybody held its shape and everything. Like, this is good. It like, tasted kind of like a sweet potato casserole, but better. Yeah, I yeah. think carrots are just so much sweeter, and um, they are such a versatile yeah. vegetable. It is and crazy. A lot of the equinox in Maybon is about um, the second harvest, which is um, basically when humans are, you know, they have the first harvest, which is the foods that they um, wanted to plant and the foods that they are raising, I guess. I, mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm not wording that right. But like the agricultural plants. So that's mm -hmm. the first harvest. The second harvest is about scavenging and finding um, the gifts that nature gave to us mm -hmm. and um, celebrating those. Mm -hmm. So a lot of what I made is um, kind of things that you can find if you're just scavenging. So yeah. we have carrots, we have um, mushrooms, mm -hmm. we have apples. Mm -hmm. um, apples are like crazy i want to do a whole episode on apples honestly i would love to do an episode on apples <laughs> i have always wanted apples to go apple oranges, picking <gasps> that would be good that'd be a good episode i think that'd be fun yeah um or apples and bananas right. i like to eat 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 apples, <laughs> apples and, and bananas. bananas okay now okay <laughs> take the floor take the floor for me i keep trying to talk no i want you to <laughs> um so yeah i know that when this episode comes out like, the equinox will be far gone um but i think just in general, this transition in this time of year um, brings up a lot of associations with the celebration of death for many cultures. Um, we have Dia de los Muertos, um, we have Halloween, we have all sorts of stuff that's happening right now um, with the changing of the seasons and the way that things are kind of um, dying. So I, that's why I wanted to talk about death and not just death, but decomposition, really the nitty gritty, gross, gloopy parts of death. Gloopy, um, gleeby. And so I just wanted to ask you, like, do you fear death? I, I find it both intimidating and comforting. Okay, yeah. Um, I am intimidated because I am agnostic and mm -hmm. I don't really know, like I don't have that security in what comes after death. Right. Um, so that can be kind of daunting, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what if I just blink out of existence? And then I also know that that's, like, human ego speaking. Yeah. Like, because our existence is truly, like, not to get crazy, but, like, on an existential level, we truly don't matter. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. And I think that's one thing that death reminds me of, is, like, no matter how serious everything feels, at the end of the day, it is inconsequential. Because one day I will die, and all of those things will probably die with me. Yeah. Yeah. I... So. I I think that I'm going to directly challenge that right now. Do like, it. <laughs> um, because to me, after exploring like death and decomposition, um, it makes me realize that I never really die. 
uh, and that's where we're going with this. So it's a, I'm not afraid of death. Bad. I'll say that right now. Um, Cause it's a very, it's a very American thing to be afraid of death. Yeah. <laughs> um, and to the extent, like, yeah, to the extent that we are afraid of death is just like not normal for um, a lot of other cultures and societies. And um, I think that honestly, that might come from conceptions of heaven and hell, um, a lot of confusion on the deathbed of where there's where they're about to go, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, the concept of hell is terrifying. I I didn't really understand like what it was until I went and saw the Book of Mormon. Um, I still haven't seen that. <laughs> the Book of Mormon is fantastic, but yeah, he has like a spooky Mormon hell dream where he goes to hell, and I'm like, that's what y'all think hell is? Like that's wild. Like I well, and I mean, I would be scared of death too if like my the result of my entire existence came down to one moment yeah where i blink out of existence yeah. that defines like the rest of my eternity right. like that's so intimidating and i super would unfair. be scared too yeah so mm-hmm. unfair because we're human beings we are all like inherently flawed yeah um and so expect us to be perfect and then go to heaven walk through the pearly gates is crazy yeah yeah also the concept of heaven is wild to me because when you get really bored like yeah and like gold streets i don't want to walk down gold streets i, I want to walk down streets of like eco yeah. trenches and stuff silver is your color not gold silver is my color but you know i have been aesthetically leaning towards gold in okay, yeah. recent months I'm a gold Like girl. bronze and gold moments. Yeah. yeah. I just gold does not look good on my skin tone and I am completely okay with that. <laughs> it doesn't. So it you'd, doesn't. you'd go to silver heaven and I would go to gold heaven and then we would literally never see each other and that doesn't sound very fun. I just want to, yeah, I just want to walk down streets <laughs> paved with like moss. Actually yeah. not moss because moss has fruiting bodies and if you step on it, it actually kills it. So mm. streets of grass, I'll take grass. Grass yeah. grows from a root and you can't kill it by walking on it. I know, right? Yeah. Isn't that well, so cool? Well, it's probably where you're going to go. So... Mm. Um, I hope I turn into grass or like a piece of, of charcoal. Oh my god! You know, I want to help start a fire. The rain sounds so good. Or I'm gonna turn into a berry and get eaten and then shit out. There you go. Okay, okay. Wait, I'm gonna. Okay. <laughs> so I am death positive. That's a term that I wanted to bring up. Death yes. positive. Death positivity. Um, I follow a lot of like death positive influencers. Like I'm all about the discourse. Um, and if you the, hear chattering in the background, that's just our beautiful friends yeah. having a kiki. So Honestly, don't, don't mind them. I think it adds to the ambiance. I think about this all the time, but my friend CJ said that um, his favorite sound is the sound of his friends in the other room. That is so cute. And That's really pretty. I hear that right now. Oh, That made, reminds me, I listen to um, every night before I go to bed, I listen to soothing, soothing jazz from the next room. I wish they had uh, I wish they had a deep sleep sound that was um, soothing friends' laughter from the next <laughs> room. <laughs> we can make it. Also, hi, CJ. Hi, Thanks CJ. For that memory. Um, okay, so the supreme leader of the death positive movement is Caitlin Doty. Have you heard of her? I think I might have because um, I think I heard a podcast with her on it. Oh, my God. She... She's known as Ask a Mortician on YouTube. And Stop. Wait, I do know her. She was on Ologies. Yes. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Um, and she wrote the books, Will My Cat Eat My Eyeballs? Big Questions from Tiny Mortals About Death. It's a children's book about how to help explain death to children. That's beautiful. She also wrote um, From Here to Eternity, Traveling the World to Find the Good Death. I listened to this book. It's so good. She's just like, she reads it herself mm. uh, in the audiobook version. And... It's just awesome to like learn about the way that other cultures perceive death and mm-hmm. the way that they celebrate it in ways that we don't. Yeah. Um, she also organizes funerals and uh, death traditions for her own funeral home. 
um, her own death positive funeral home. Okay. And I think she and some others um, have kind of inspired me to be a death doula at some yeah. point in my life, um, which is someone who helps carry out mm-hmm. your death plan mm-hmm. um, and die the way you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, as someone who's like interested in ecology, um, what has made the process of death and dying like much more loving is understanding it as a biological process, mm-hmm. as part of the life cycle mm-hmm. um, through decomposition. And so what I've learned from Caitlin is that um, this is actually really difficult to do. Let me define decomposition. Um, in chemistry, it is to separate into smaller compounds, um, also known as like rotting. Um, Wikipedia says, it's the process by which dead organic substances or even inorganic matter, such as carbon dioxide, water, um, simple sugar, um, and mineral salts. So it's literally your body like s- scattering into different mm-hmm. compounds, yeah. um, which is a lot less scary than rotting, yeah, right? for sure. <laughs> um, and so the process is a very valuable part of the nutrient cycle and it's essential for recycling the finite matter that um, occupies physical space in the biosphere. Okay. So um, we, we need it to happen mm-hmm. <laughs> because we have only a set amount of matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and no two organisms decompose the same way, but they generally go through like the same sequential stages of decomposition. And what are those stages, Cricket? Well, the first stage is there's uh, five stages. The first stage is initial decay. Okay. Um, trigger warning for gore, I guess. It's not gonna be, I'm, I'm really trying to make it very um, digestible uh, and not disgusting and gross, but not it is Halloween. It is Halloween, so. This is true. Maybe we should make it more gory. I don't know. <laughs> Just um, if that's the vibe you're going for, here we are. So the first stage is initial decay. You just die. You just died. Um, your entire life, bacteria is living inside of you mm-hmm. right now, um, on your body, in your body. And when you die, um, the bacteria takes charge, mm-hmm. and the bacteria immediately begins to break down your body. Um, the second stage is bloating. Um, basically, your body gets thick. Mm. And thicker? How does it get thicker? <laughs> and so as the bacteria start to munch on you from the inside out, um, it also starts farting. And <laughs> Me too. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and these gases make your body bloat and expand. So if you ever wanted a BBL, you will get one when you're decomposing. Only in death comes a free BBL. Yeah. <laughs> Is it free though if it costs bacteria, your life? Bacteria, but... Lift. There you bacteria, go. Bacteria, but lift. Yeah. Period. <laughs> Say less. Yeah. Um, so as these gases bind to your blood, mm-hmm. um, such as like sulfur, your skin begins to marble. Mm. Okay, Edward Cullen. Yeah. yeah. And um, the, the marbling of your skin is basically, it turns into like this swirly red and yellow color. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is kind of like... This is kind of like putting ketchup and mustard on the hot dog and your body's the hot dog. And Ew. you know that it's time to go like eat once the ketchup and mustard's on the hot dog. So the flies are like 
That looks like one hell of a cookout. Our bodily gleba. Yes. Our bodily gleba. Gleba. Um, so, yeah. So they're coming to the cookout. They're like, holy shit, that that smells good. Like. And do. Yeah. Um, so these flies, worms, beetles, and other like small organisms make their way over to the cookout and they start laying eggs in your holes. Um, so <laughs> your mouth, your eyes, your nose, your anus, your vagine, your ears. Dick um, hole? Oh, for sure. Damn. And um, this is because baby flies can only drink liquids, kind of like humans. Okay, human di or liquid diet. Yeah. They're skinny. <laughs> 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 They're on a juice cleanse, Skinty and the juices baby are your, your whole juices. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, as the maggots hatch, they start dancing. Hey, and, <laughs> and when they start dancing, it gets hot on the floor. Um, your body starts to heat up. Um, so much so, in fact, that if, um, if the flies come to lay eggs before... Um, a freeze that the body can sustain a microbiome um, and provide like a refuge for decomposition during the winter. Oh wow, so, that's really cool. Yeah, so hmm. you know, if if bodies are out out there during the winter, not just human bodies, but I guess like mm -hmm. other animal, animal bodies who decompose in the same way, they are actually little hotbeds of life. Um, so cool. In the winter, even in death, there's life. Yes. Um, so the third stage, I was a little confused by this because people kind of call it different things, but it's um, the purge or the putrefication stage. This is mm. number three. Oh, girl, I know this. I would call this the dubstep drop of decomposition. <laughs> Ew. Um, <laughs> basically because <laughs> I love to make you cringe. It's so funny. And it's hard to make me cringe. <laughs> like, it's really hard to make oh me cringe. Oh, my God. I will say some of the nastiest shit. <laughs> Uh, oh my god okay okay so um, do you hear those water drops girl do you hear those water drops it sounds good do you hear how wet it is it's wet out here listen my bad <laughs> we might have to cut that <laughs> it's okay Continue. every time you say we might have to cut that I'm like that's a good TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> it really People is love controversy they really do okay um so putrefaction the purge seeping uh out all your, your body is seeping out all the nutrient-rich liquids out of your body mm -hmm. that these um, organisms were breaking down. Um, it's actually so nutrient-rich that um, it initially kills the plants around it. There's so much Damn. nitrogen in your body. They can't handle us. Yeah, but um, it, it comes back um, pretty beautiful. If you see, like, the grasses um, after a body has... After, you know, the earth has kind of, like, Reclaimed. adjusted to the nutrients and, like, put mm -hmm. it back into the cycle, um, the area around your body will come out lush and green and gorging. Um, and so I, I really think that's beautiful because it's like the earth is dying with you. Mm -hmm. And um, and then you both get to come back stronger It's together. like the earth is mourning for you for a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Beautiful. Um Okay, so the last phase is a little, I mean, all of this is dependent on where you are and what's happening in your life, but, mm. or in your death. <laughs> but um, there's a couple different ways you could go. So mummification, skeletonization, 
Okay. Um, full breakdown of everything where there's not even bones left. I do that on a daily basis. <laughs> full breakdown, no bones, period. That's me, girl. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> um, yeah, so... <laughs> um, let's see. So, okay, so if you are rotting in the shade, um, that means that the bacteria can continue to eat away at the body. Mm -hmm. Um, They may continue to eat away to the point where there's, like, no bones. Um, And then if you're left out in the sun, your body will dry out, basically get mummified. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's only... Those two options are only if you are not um, covered... In some way, um, a lot of the stuff that we know about the way that bodies decompose comes from body farms. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit more. But basically, um, if they don't cover the bodies with a cage, uh, the most of the decomposition process doesn't even happen because of the amount of scavengers that will come and feed off of you. Um, so, you know, you've got, um, you'll be eaten by vultures and other animals before you get to decompose. Um, And so I wanted to wrap that up with, it's actually um, pretty illegal to decompose like this. And- Wait, sans vultures it's legal? uh, Just in general, it's, you can't decompose on top of the earth. Girl. Or- um, What? Yeah, so- You can't police my dead body? Yeah. Girl, fuck (laughs) y'all. So that is due to the Funeral industrial complex. I'm going to get into that just a little bit. Yeah, (laughs) the fic. (laughs) Um, So the... Oh, she sounds good. Mm -hmm. Oh, the giggles in the background. Uh, Okay, so the cost of a funeral. mm, Um, Speak on it. The national median cost of a funeral viewing with with embalming. Can you guess how much that is in the United States? 15K. It's actually seven thousand, uh, around eight thousand dollars. Capitalism has me uh, conditioned. So the cost of a funeral with um, a viewing and embalming is around eight thousand dollars, and the cost of a cremation is um, around seven thousand dollars. Did you know it costs almost as much? I think as much um, to get your body cremated, mixed into concrete, poured into a like cage shape like a concrete cage Uh and then you get dropped in the middle of the ocean and you turn into a coral um, anchor. It's cost the same amount of money. Yeah, same amount of money. Oh my God. So if you want to become um, an anchor for coral life, um, definitely look into that. Yeah. Continue, continue. Sorry, I didn't interrupt. I thought it was super cool. Ah, hey, (laughs) Belle. If you're listening, hey. Oh, they're gone. Uh, Um, yeah, so it's fucking expensive to die. Ah. Um, Oh shit. What was that? My notebook. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it's, We're it's gonna creepy get out here. Yeah. Okay. So the U.S. is actually one of the top three most expensive places to die. Um, can mm. you guess what other two countries might, where it might be more expensive? I'll give you a hint. India? One of them is about the same price as the U.S. and one of them is three times more. I'm going to say India. Okay. And 
Italy. I just the <laughs> They are some bougie ass. They're so bougie for no They reason. would pay like a million dollars. But um, it's actually Germany, which is very close to us okay. in price. And then Japan, which is 30. The average price is $30,000 US dollars for a funeral service. My God. And why is that? Do they make it more expensive intentionally? I'm not sure. Um, it's a little strange to me. I, I don't I don't know. Because like I, I guess I could see it from a standpoint where you're like, okay, I'm wanting to guide people away from having funeral services. That way we can yeah. like explore other options. But I will say from a like carbon offset mm-hmm. um, perspective, no, yeah. being cremated is not much better right. than yeah. being I buried. Actually have some really? Okay, yeah. okay, okay. So um, yeah, it's super expensive, also super bad for the earth. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I am very not into the idea of embalming. I actually think no. it's um, when you learn about what actually happens when you embalm a body, I feel like it's extremely disrespectful. And I mm. feel like, um, I don't know, there's just, there's so many other ways. I want to return from whence I came. Yeah, exactly. And I don't want my body to be um, pumped up with formaldehyde. Yeah, and if you want to learn more specifics about the embalming process, um, Caitlin Doty, has those videos for you so just honestly true queen i just love her so (laughs) um so yeah on let me see on average eight hundred thousand gallons of formaldehyde are placed in the ground each year oh my god conventional burials and that's not staying in our bodies no that's not that's leaking into our soils yeah it is Mm -hmm. damn Leaking into our soils, our water, into our aquifers, our rivers, our waters. Damn. Um, it's it's getting everywhere. Formaldehyde. Um, not just formaldehyde. Y'all think that Brita can for- get out some of that formaldehyde? Hell no. You're wrong, girl. You're wrong. <laughs> Hell no. Yeah. Um, and cremation, um, for one body, it produces about 535 pounds of CO2, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. equal to... Um, the carbon sequestered by four tree seedlings if they were grown for 10 years. So if Damn. you want to offset the carbon that you um, that you created through cremation, because I do feel ugh, most of the people in my life that have passed have been cremated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do have a little bit of a soft spot for it. Yeah. Um, I think it's cheap. It's accessible. It's like the I think way there's that a place for people, everything. Um, work within the system, the fucked up system of the funeral yep. uh, industrial complex. And it's better than being buried, I guess, in my own opinion. But it's better than like uh, poppers. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'll take it. Yeah. I always wanted to be cremated until I learned of better ways. So right. I can't say that like, I've always been anti-cremation and to this day, I'm still not anti-cremation. Right. I but just do think there are better it, ways. Yeah. You can four plant tree four seedlings, trees for But you have to make sure that you're taking care of them for 10 years. Yeah. People love to say they're doing offsets by planting trees. And I'm like, okay, well, are you yeah. taking care of the trees? Yeah. Are you I really know, offsetting exactly. the carbon if you're not taking care of them, if they're dying? Yeah. They're just tre- like Mr. Beast. <sighs> Stop. Don't piss me <laughs> off. Don't piss me we off. Can't, we can't get on the bad side of Mr. Beast. What if Mr. Beast fans come for us? Absolutely not. No, I can't. Well, I, I mean, can't comp- yeah, no. <laughs> um... Okay, so uh, you already mentioned some other ways to like decompose or like give your body back to the earth. Um, I mentioned body farms, which is like donating your body to science Mm -hmm. for forensic scientists to analyze your body and see like 
what's going on. Um, and bas they're basically creating like a database of bones. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's really cool. I think I would probably want to do that. It's one of the only ways to um, naturally decompose, uh, be eaten by animals, whatever you want to do. Uh, I listened to this really great podcast, I'll link it down below, where this woman details why she wants to be donated to science and she talks about uh, it's just so beautiful like she's an older lady she doesn't have you know she's she thinks about death quite often mm -hmm. and she thinks about each step of what will happen to her body in a very beautiful magical way and mm. i would just love for everyone to hear that because it made me cry um you can compost your body, which honestly I feel like is a little bit of like an influencer way to, <laughs> to die. Like, ooh, I was composted in a box. That's Maybe a Plant sweet. Talks influencer's um, <laughs> chosen way. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, I don't know if I would do that. It seems like a lot of work. And I don't know. If it was more accessible, sure. Well, also like composting, when it's composting, you have to worry about ratios. And I'm like, yeah. at what point, where, where does the body come into the ratio? You know right. what I mean? Like, uh, that, that'd be a new, I guess I'm probably thinking of like classic composting and it's almost completely different, it, I'm sure. It's not. They just put like soil and hay and worms and they just let them go to town on you. Yeah. Honestly, let those worms go handle But then, you. you know, it breaks down and you give it to your family members and then you can use it in your garden and then you're... Stop. You know, Ew, no, you'd be eating the molecules from your, like, dead family I member. I think that's awesome. I think that's crazy. <laughs> but, I mean, I can't say much. We're just eating the dead molecules of, like, millions of trillions exactly. of dead people. Yep. It's not your the grandma. Same molecules. It's not yeah. your grandma that you're eating. You're just eating... What, what if my grandma's eating? infused in that molecule? She probably is. And how Aww. tasty that is. Carrot, grandma infused carrots. Yeah. We should probably keep going. <laughs> that feels like... <laughs> Um, one, one way that I learned about that I would honestly love is, again, this is from Caitlin Doughty, um, you can be turned into a feed block made of, you can have your cremated remains turned into a feed block um, with molasses, corn, nuts, uh, seeds, and they basically just throw it out into the forest. Uh, and they set up like a live stream so that your family can watch the animals come and like scavenge your seed block. <laughs> and honestly, <laughs> honestly, um, cre cremated ravines are really nutrient rich in like calcium and stuff. So it is, it, it's not bad if, if that's where you want to go. I mean, you're already cremated, but if you're thinking of ways to like, I don't know, use the ashes. That's a good way. Zero honestly, waste cremation. Yeah. And honestly, I think that's every Minecrafter's. Oh, shit. It stopped. No, I just want to make my Minecraft joke. No. Okay, I'm recording now. Camera died, but we're back. We're, we're, yeah, sorry about that. Um, there will be some clips in the audio where there isn't any video, but that's okay. Listen, this is what this is what comes with potting outside exactly. to give you these uh, this natural ambiance. Right. So you know, <laughs> I'm not upset. Losses and wins. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that the seed block is every Minecrafter's dream, um, and I would yeah. love to become a little dirt block, and just live my life out becoming Wait. animal food. I know this probably isn't sustainable, but I want to get pressed into a fucking diamond. Uh, yeah, you can definitely do that. I also don't think it's sustainable, but good luck. That'd be so cunty. I would do that for you. Mm -hmm. You would do that for me? Would you yeah. wear me, like, on a Absolutely. ring? Like, around your neck or yeah, something uh -huh. weird like that? Mm -hmm. What if you made it a tooth diamond? 
Okay, so uh, I might have gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about the tooth diamond. Um, okay, so this is the last bit I wanted to touch on, just to wrap up kind of all of our, all of our concepts that we explore here on the pod. Um, gender and decomposition. Speak so on it. I feel like decomposing is kind of like stripping your skin suit, which I think is something, an experience that a lot of people who experience gender dysphoria are kind of wanting to do. I know that oh, there are times yes. that I definitely am like, let's strip. Like, yeah. I, I don't want this anymore. I would love to be a Ken doll. <laughs> yeah, or a Barbie exactly. doll, just like goddamn nothing. So I think there's some kind of joy in that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, seeping slowly into the ground and leaving behind only bones as your autograph to the earth. Name something really more non-binary than decomposition. Yeah, honestly, skeletons are so gender, and I'm here for it. Um, Work. But actually, so the thing about bones is that when they are identified by forensic scientists, mm-hmm. they're identified within the binary of male or female. Mm. Um, Misgendered even in death. Yeah, and um, trigger warning for... Um, trans-exclusive conversations and discourses. Violence uh, against trans people, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, because forensic scientists don't know trans bodies. Um, in a 2021 Boston University study, 30% of forensic anthropologists surveyed had participated in a case involving a trans individual. Mm-hmm. Um, yet the vast majority, 75%, were unfamiliar with gender-affirming surgeries. Oh. Um, 75%. And 30% of those people... Uh, have encountered, you know, um, Damn. trans bodies in their line of work. So Damn. forensic science is a lot about identifying bodies. And so it's important that um, with crimes against like the trans community, um, we're able to keep track of that for mm-hmm. policy reasons. Mm-hmm. And if we can't do that because we can't identify trans bodies, then it's mm-hmm. like... We're doing a disservice to both the trans bodies themselves and the people, the trans people who are still walking the world. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, um, there's a fantastic, I believe it's a dissertation that I read for this. I'll link it in the description. Um, there's also trans exclusion in the funeral business. Mm. So, um, there's this woman named Jennifer Gamble. She died at the age of 32 in 2014. And, um, when you die, if you have no death plan, your next of kin gets to decide what happens to your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jennifer's body was dressed in death wearing a suit with her head, with her hair cut short and with no makeup. Um, even though in life she lived as a trans woman. It's a um, disrespectful. And Caitlin Doty talks about like how there's a lot of um, queer folks in the death positive movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can make death plans that protect our gender identity in death and okay. therefore in life. Um, because, because Jennifer didn't have a death plan and her next of kin was her bigot dad, mm. um, who didn't, you know, want her to present that way. So if I make a death plan where I'm like, bury me in full geesh, I need a wig. Mm-hmm. I need full brows glued down yeah. whole nine. Yeah. Then they have no choice. They have no choice. You got to respect my dying wish, ho. You do. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, I mm, that was actually kind of crazy. I was going to suggest grave robbing Jennifer's grave. Wait, well, that was her name, right? Yeah. Um, And then putting her in full geesh and then reburying yeah, her. I know. Yeah. An, an exhumation. I am down to exhume a body an if it means honoring exhumation. their identity. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, Listen, yeah. this podcast is an identity exhumation. <laughs> it <Period>. is. <laughs> um. But yeah, so anyone, anyone can 
anyone you pick can be who takes care of your body in death um, and can carry out your death plan. And so many people just don't know about that. I mean, I think that goes back to how we don't talk about death. And, um, and because of that, the way that we deal with it is, you know, is, is not panic and expensive. And we let, we let ourselves pay a ton of money and do a bunch of things that we're not comfortable with and don't actually help us grieve because mm. we're so afraid to talk about death. And if we mm -hmm. would just talk about it and talk about it within the people in our community um, and talk about it with our friends and the people who we care about and who we want mm -hmm. to have a, not only a, a, like, an enjoyable and, like, comforting death experience, but also a gender-affirming death experience, mm. we could really combat this. And That's so gender-affirming health care. It is. Death care. Gender-affirming death, death care. Period. Um, and so I wanted to end with, like, I think that that can be kind of a fun little spooky yet meaningful activity that you can do this Halloween to celebrate yeah, death, gather to with celebrate... Your, gather with your ghouls yeah, and come up with your death plan. Celebrate your chosen family and um, the ways that you can take care of each other in life and death. Yeah. yeah. So That was beautiful. Thank you. Love touching it? on trans bodies. Yeah. I mean, hate in this context, but, you know, yeah. that just means that we've got a starting ground and we know where to go from here. Exactly. So, you know, can be definitely... Um, discouraging but you know yeah. we try to look at it from an encouraging lens always yeah we do realistic always. but encouraging yeah. so yeah i don't know this is a fun episode yeah. death decomposition fungus fungus the meaning of life community the lack of meaning of life yeah yeah community. how do you feel like the death and decomposition process ties into um these kind of hidden communities well i mean Bacteria, that's a hidden community down. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We don't see any of them girls. Yeah. I the don't got a microscope. Party that's going on yeah. A maggot party. There's a rave going on yeah, inside of our is. bodies at all times that we are not privy to. Yeah. And that's so hateful. Mm -hmm. So I think that um, another hidden community, <coughs> this is so stupid, worms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shout out worms. I think that it also touches on fungus. It goes back to fungus. Fungus are inherent and. Um, very important in mm -hmm. the decomposition process. Um, they are, yeah. And then I think also funeral service workers. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. And that is a big one. I, I death don't, workers. Yeah, death, mm -hmm. death workers, mm -hmm. dealers of death. Yeah. Well, I that, don't know okay. about dealers of death. Maybe that was too hardcore. <laughs> you know what? Listen. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody listening is a death doula and would like to mentor me, um, would love to do that. A death doula. Yeah. I'm very comfortable with that. And yeah. Um, I think that just learning about this has really helped me with that. And yeah. I think it's really comforting now yeah, when I, I think, think about it instead of scary and unknown. Yeah. Because I know that I'm going to be part of something much, much larger than me. The and fabric of the universe. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm going to be conscious through that. But if I am, cool. And if not, whatever. I don't really care. I mean, I can't decide whether or not I want to be conscious or not. Yeah. I think it'd be cool, but also if I was a carrot being eaten, I'd be like, ow. <laughs> ow. It probably just feels like when you stub your toe, but everywhere. Ow. <laughs> or, I have ingrown toenails, no, babe. Not, That's like a knife going in my toe. <laughs> not when you stub your toe, but maybe like when you hit your funny bone. Okay, like that, that is the feeling. most not funny thing in the world. Well, I'm just thinking of like numbness. Like I bet it feels like numb tingliness and you're like, 
I, I mean, do decompose. love that feeling. Or like when you cross your legs for too long and one of them goes numb and then yeah. you slap it against the floor and it tiggles. You slap it against the oh, floor? I'm one of those freaks that like intentionally will, will like slap my leg. Whenever my <laughs> leg goes numb I'll, or goes to sleep, I'll slap it to get those tingly sensations up my leg. Yeah. I love it. People hate it and like, give it to me. Yeah. Give it to me now. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I don't know. I think that death sounds like a beautiful little bed to rest my head in once uh, mm-hmm. my life's purpose is I would fulfilled. love to help you die. I would love to help you die. Yeah. I'd I would love wanna, to be there for you. I would love to be there. For, I, who do you think is going to die first? I think it's going to be me, frankly. I don't, I don't I, know. It's going to be me. We have to die at the same time so that I don't have to find a different podcast partner. <laughs> I think you should contract the bacteria <laughs> to be your podcast partners. Oh, my, my bacteria. <gasps> or okay, you yeah. can hang out by my body and I'll when the vultures come, be like, hey, do y'all have anything to say? Let them speak. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't, well, yeah. I think with that being said, that is our um, tangentially dark ecology episode. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But thank you for joining us on this decomposition and death ride. Thank you for um, joining us through the different set changes. and Oh, the, this, the drama and that was this, this, was dramatic, this episode. But um, it was good. You know, if, if you're it. a patron at Out on Earth Pod, um, you can see all of it live. Yeah. <laughs> not Okay, not live. We I have uh, Wyatt grabbing the camera and running. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they were recording us w- while they had the camera in their hands. <laughs> and neither of us knew this in the moment. Yeah. And we're just like scurrying with our backs hunched, like trying to get the, the pod equipment out of the yeah. rain. So that'd be a that'd be a funny little reel, I believe. Yeah. But yeah, thank you for joining. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Have a happy Halloween. Next yeah. two weeks. We will I not suppose. be doing. Um, we'll be doing a different kind of host of uh, yeah. episodes, yep. uh, going beyond the spooky mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, we've been doing spooky for a long yeah. time. <laughs> this marks the end of our spooky series. Yeah. So I, I had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I love exploring spooky things. Spooky season for me is year round. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's fun to have like a glorification moment where I get to talk about it exclusively. Exactly. And now I'm ready to talk about bigger and better things. Yeah. Um, you know, I have ideas that we can discuss off, off pod, okay. but. Sounds good. I love ah, you. I love you. I'm so grateful for... to be here with you. Too. Just like enjoying this weather, mm-hmm. enjoying your company, yeah. enjoying thought and enjoying community mm-hmm. and enjoying hidden communities, enjoying it. death. But anyways, yeah, we're going to go get existential. We Um, are. We'll see y'all later. Yeah, see you later. Bye. Bye. Okay. We slay. Hey there. Thank you for listening to the last episode of our spooky season. I hope that you have a wonderful, safe Halloween. And we will be back on November 4th, which actually happens to be my birthday. (laughs) If you liked our show, we'd love it if you could share it with a friend who might also enjoy it. If you're listening on Spotify, be sure to follow and rate our show by tapping the three dots on our profile and then the little star icon listed under rate show. It really helps us out. Just as a reminder, if you aren't following Out on Earth Pod on Instagram and TikTok, you're missing out on a ton of awesome visual guides, memes, and jokes to go along with the show. Also, if you'd like to support us on Patreon for just a dollar a month, you can gain access to video episodes, bonus episodes, and on our second tier, you'll get early releases and the official Out on Earth episodic scene, which serves as a listening, learning, and vocabulary guide that you can print out and fold on your own, and I draw all of it, and it takes me a really long time. (laughs) 
of you have questions or concerns, feel free to email us at outonearthpod at gmail.com or shoot us a DM on Instagram. And be sure to take our survey in the description below to suggest episodes or let us know what we did right. Thanks again for listening. Together we can find joy out on Earth. We pay tribute to the indigenous communities whose ancestral land we are currently recording on. These include the Apache, Caddo, Tonkawa, and Wichita. We also hold in high regard the tribes with a historical connection to this area, such as the Comanche, Kiowa, Osage, and Quapaw. Before achieving statehood, we acknowledge that the lands surrounding Oklahoma City were originally designated to the Muscogee Creek and Seminole Nations. We recognize that this region once served as a hunting ground, a hub for trade, and a migration route for the Apache, Comanche, Kiowa, and Osage nations. Today, the state of Oklahoma is home to 39 federally recognized tribal nations, a consequence of settler colonial policies aimed at assimilating and murdering indigenous peoples. Out on Earth is written, produced, and edited by Cricket Kaya and Ashton Adig, hosted by ACAST, music provided by Halisna.